truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand. Not all that much in demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. That's right. We're the local subsidy here. I am Steve Dace. Totters and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. Our good friend Chris Pandolfo will be joining us here momentarily as we get started with the Dace Group momentarily. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program since Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. You can also like us on Facebook. I showed that video, Aaron. I showed that video to my wife yeah. yesterday. The fish one. Oh, my goodness. I, I move over Cambodian smoking uh, toddler. That that's the, one of the greatest tweets of all time. All right. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Thank you, yeah. Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. What about Trump's witness intimidation tweet? That one's pretty good too, right? Yeah, it's not as good. Not as good. No, it's not as good, Todd. And you're fired. And Aaron, you're going to get Todd's paycheck next time. Cool. Right? You you you've earned it. Cool. Uh, Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Feedback Friday is where you have sent us some of your feedback, and then we will respond to you coming up in the next hour of the program. But before we get to that, it is time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was completely and totally ripped off from the McLaughlin Group. We ripped off their uh, their logo. We ripped off the music, the format, everything. But there is subsidy too, so there's no copyright infringement here. Plus, John McLaughlin is dead, so I doubt he minds, and very few people are paying attention right now anyway. So let's get to issue one. Bleep Democrats say. How many genders are there? Infinite. I believe in the Second Amendment, but nobody says you can have around a, a magazine with a hundred clips in it. How many genders are there? Um, God, I don't know. Colin Kaepernick is still effectively banned. Still banned from the NFL for kneeling during the national anthem in protest of known and systematic police brutality against people of color, known and systematic racial injustice, Known and systematic white supremacy. How many genders are there? There's a spectrum of genders, you can't really say. But our genitals actually don't determine our gender. So some people born with vulvas can be boys. There are like five, six maybe. I think it's quite striking from a British perspective going through this book that, as I understand, in case I've made a terrible error here, you haven't included Margaret Thatcher. Surely she comes to mind with gutsy woman, even if you didn't like her. Well, she does, but she doesn't fit the other part of the definition, in our opinion, which... Um, really is knocking down barriers for others uh, and trying to make a positive difference. I think the record is mixed um, with her. How many genders are there? Oh, girl. It's like 72 plus or something. That it was amazing. It was incredible. It was fabulous. I'm like that Lady Gaga moment. Yeah. Like stunning, amazing, <laughs> impeccable, genius. Can you believe it's from the revolutionary of our time? <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you. How many genders are there? 
Uh, I guess a lot. Because that's important to show solidarity, but then to do those things such as voter registration, get people to out to vote, so that we can have people here who truly are committed to human rights, environmental rights, climate change, believe in climate change as though it's a religion, it's not a science. So like, do you have male or female parts? Um, I'm sure a lot of people ask, or a lot of people are wondering that. Uh, for me personally, I have had top surgery, which means that uh, I had the technical term is a double mastectomy. So I did have my breasts removed. So I have scars here on my chest. If here in New Hampshire, you don't come in first or even second, do you feel confident that your candidacy can survive? First of all, I think I'm gonna do better in both places than that. But let's just say, just hypothetically. I'm not gonna go there. And then I really only talk about kind of what's in my pants um, if people are getting in there. This isn't about for Democrats. This is for the American people. This is about patriotism. It's not about politics. I do not know the identity of the whistleblower, and I'm determined to make sure that identity is protected. Well, let's get to it. That, yes, I, I think that might be the best one we have, we have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, in terms By best, of, you mean worst. Yeah, I yes. mean, just in terms of the compilation of absurd, creepy, uh, did I mention absurd? Um, and 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 then this, and then some more cre- cre- creepy. There there was a rhythm to it. In fact, and it, it had a good beat, and you could dance to it. <laughs> it's over. It's so That's over. what I was thinking watching it too. I, I seriously to wondered how do I word my resignation. I, I was thinking that as we got to the end, I'm like, why would I come here on Monday? What what, what am I doing? Why why did, why did I show up for this? What is going on? And by the way, Epstein didn't kill himself. So what's the point yeah. of any of this? For goodness sakes. I literally, I felt inspired during that montage. This just happened. I don't know what happened. I lost control of myself and I tweeted out, I don't have a vulva and Epstein didn't kill himself. I just tweeted that while watching this. That That's the video, you know, when um, Malcolm... That's the only response I have. I don't have a vulva and Epstein didn't kill himself. That's the best I've got. can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he was one of the villains in the... Uh, in the Star Trek, where the the rib, the ribbon comes down, but it's that guy. But he was in a Clockwork Orange, and wasn't he? When Malcolm he, McDowell's character you're talking about. Like, yeah. when, when his yeah. eyes are yeah. in a Clockwork Orange, and that's the video that they showed him to cure him of his sins, right there. They just like, dear God, no! I apologize for having anything to do with this in any way, shape, or form. Well, good luck singling out one particular spectacular form of cray cray in and amidst that compilation, Chris. But you'll get the first crack at it. Go ahead. Uh, Steve, you're asking the impossible. Um, honestly, my favorite bit, because it was just kind of a return to normalcy almost, is the Joe Biden 100 clips in the magazine thing with the guns. Where he just he has no clue what he's doing or what he's talking about. And he's running to be the Democratic nominee in a field. And you see what the rest of the field believes in is the rest of the video. He's, he's just a man out of time and uh, confused about where he is. So that's my favorite part because I, I really can't have a favorite among all the total depravity that we just saw. Uh, this week, I'm going to answer your question preemptively. It's a 10. It's a just bat crap crazy. And I, I really honestly don't know what to do with it. Todd? Well, first of all, uh, 
the the dude in the dress next to Ocasio Cortez. I loved him when he played the King of Persia in Three Hundred. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Just, I mean, when he led those crab people to to taking on Leonidas. Wow, it was good. I'm gonna have to re-rack that this weekend because really good stuff. So he was Xerxes, was he? Yes. Nice. Very nice. Uh, now I, I'm actually gonna go. There's it's so rich, but I think it's the understated one in all that and it's the kind of thing that ultimately led all to it is to relatively normal looking people like nancy pelosi saying with a straight face uh, uh, this is about patriotism not politics i mean that's because that's the genesis of the rest of its stuff that level of shamelessness and lying and pandering uh i mean you 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 are looking at the, the mother's milk there of all of the crazy. She she is the Genesis project of all of that. Aaron. Um, it's at the very end when Schiff says, I don't know the identity of the whistleblower. Um, <laughs> the woman lecturing the small children saying that not everyone born with a bol- uh, vulva is, um, is a girl um, is more closer to the truth than Adam Schiff saying that he doesn't know the identity of the whistleblower. I mean, he could have come out and said, I killed Jeffrey Epstein after that, and it wouldn't have said, it wouldn't have seemed, you know, out of character. It wouldn't have se- seemed like a bombshell or anything like that. Uh, that, that, was, that was probably my favorite, probably my favorite ride on this as well. Chris, that prompts me. I want to get your take on something I talked about yesterday, and you weren't here. And Todd and Aaron have already spoken about it. So I'd, I want to know what you think. Um, so I, I came into work on Tuesday and, and had no idea there was a public impeachment hearing. I, I, I had no idea. You know, and our typical process here is, you know, I, before I go get to prayed up in the corner stall in the men's room, um, I'll usually ask the guys on either the way in or the way out any breaking news I need to know about. I'm on my way out. I asked Todd any breaking news. And he says, hey, well, I mean, other than what's going on with the impeachment hearing, I, I, I had no idea there was a live impeachment hearing happening. Come again. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I, I didn't know there was, we were on day three of it. I got back from the gym. I turned on the shower. I look at my Twitter. It's blown up with impeachment hearing stuff. I'm like, oh, there, there's another one today. So I, I, I felt after the show, I felt professionally guilty in all seriousness. Like, you know what? This whole thing may be a sham, but it's a historic one. These don't happen very often. Although something tells me they're going to be happening every presidency now. Uh, but, uh, the, you know, I, I should at least, you know, it's, a major, it's the major event happening in the country right now. I'm derelict in my duty as a professional if I don't stay informed. And, and I was serious with myself. So Tuesday afternoon, I decided I'm going to try to get, you know, figure out what happened. And as best as I could, I tried to stay away from our side's media sources. All right. Not 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 saying people, you know, everybody's untrustworthy, but I, I just wanted to see, you know, first and foremost, at what was the other side of the looking glass thinking rather than just going with the straw man argument. And I was really attempting to take this, not the charges seriously, the story seriously. I, I was trying to. You know, it's also not good for us in terms of traffic and clicks to have for the host to have no interest in what most people are talking about. Although that's never stopped me before, as you all know. Okay, um, but um, I, I I got ten minutes into this, and then I and then I saw the, the Adam Schiff claim he didn't know who the whistleblower was. I'm out. 
And that was, I was out. I, I, I was, I was Cosmo Kramer. I, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm no longer master of my domain. I'm out. Okay. That to me, that is, that's, that's, that's beyond read my lips, no new taxes. And then you turn it into a lie later. That's beyond. If you like your current health plan, you can keep it. And then you turn it into a lie later in real time. That is the most shameless unbelievable oh like he pried open your mouth and urinated in it okay pee on me and tell me it's rain and lie i have encountered in my entire career and if and if that's their game plan if that's the best they have and he's the best they got to pull this all off then all it just told me is they have to see this through for their base because it's their repeal obamacare moment that their base will light themselves on fire if, unlike our base, our base will find some other new grievance from the left to forgive Republicans on because they have to. We got to stop the Democrats, right? Their base won't yeah. do that. Their base will light themselves on fire out there while while they're dropping, while they're peeing and pooping in Nancy Pelosi's district where it's no longer criminalized. They will light themselves on fire. So that told me they just got to see this through to the end, take their House vote, send it to the Senate, and then just hope next year the economy tanks and everyone forgot about this. Am I wrong? Um, no. I've said almost from the beginning, uh, because impeachment is a political process. It's not a criminal fact-finding, we're getting to the truth inquiry, right? Donald Trump isn't on trial in the sense of a criminal trial where you're trying to prove his guilt or innocence. You're not. That's not the goal. The goal is to convince a certain number of members of the House and a certain number of members of the Senate to remove the president from office and uh, to do so by voting on the record and then being accountable to the American people for the way that they vote. So it's a political process. And from the beginning, there were never, never going to be enough votes in the United States Senate to convince Republicans to vote to remove Donald Trump from office when his approval rating is at 90 percent in the Republican Party. It's just not going to happen. It was never going to happen. And the only point of impeaching him is to force the Senate to take that vote to show that Republicans wouldn't do it so the Democrats could campaign on the issue in 2020. That's the entire purpose of everything that we've seen going on this week. And so if you looked at the testimony yesterday, or uh, two days ago, I guess it was, and there's more testimony today, no one has come forward with a clear, unambiguous charge against President Donald Trump that you could say, aha, that's a high crime or a misdemeanor, and you deserve to be removed from office. Because there is none. He hasn't done anything like that, right? Uh, What you did have is a couple of uh, State Department bureaucrats and uh, foreign and uh, diplomatic officials under the Trump administration who disagree with the president on policy and think that the president's policy is endangering United States national security. And that's fine. They're allowed to think that, but the president gets to make policy. He's the commander in chief. He was hired to change policy because the American people are tired of the status quo in our foreign relations that the Bush administration had, that the Obama administration had, and Trump was elected to put an end to that. So what they're really telling you is we don't like the direction that the American people wanted to take the country. And I think that is the big scandal. I think that is the thing that really gets people upset. And uh, all this stuff about Trump being removed from office is a distraction from the very real fact that we have a bureaucracy, an administrative state that is not accountable to voters, that thinks they know better than voters and is trying to remove the president from office because they don't like his policies. Well said. We got the exit question answer from Chris already. You know, how you would rate this on a scale of one to ten I mean, uh, you know, uh, one representing um, something as pathetic as Lindsey Graham's Tinder account and 10 being <laughs> something as robust as Lindsey Graham's Grinder account. 
So um, I, I don't know what we do with this because when I, when I looked at this compilation, I felt like that expedition that got lost in the South Pole 100 years ago and, and all their chronometers broke. You're right. And, you know, they were down to their last one or they die in the ice. That's, that's kind of how I felt at the end of this one. So I, 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 have to, I have to give it a 10 plus, 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 plus. There was once a magazine of ill repute, shall we say, though, that ranked annually the best party schools. Yes. And during my time uh, at the University of Wisconsin, uh, there was a ranking and it did not include Wisconsin and people were kind of left to guess. But then it went on and left after leaving you dangling a little bit, it said, we don't rank the professionals with the amateurs. That's kind of where this is. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, is that your answer? Yes. yes. That, uh, All right. That's that a good works. answer. Let's get to issue two. Since Epstein didn't kill himself. It's been over a week since Project Veritas published the following video showing ABC News anchor Amy Robach lamenting the fact that the network had covered up her story into alleged sex trafficker and the now deceased Jeffrey Epstein. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will say, oh, that we that also quashed the story. Yeah. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. In the aftermath of that video being published, it was understood that the staffer working inside ABC News had moved on to CBS News. Once CBS caught wind of that, they fired that staffer. The staffer's name is Ashley Bianco, and she talked with Megan Kelly recently about her firing. Did you leak the tape? I did not. Not to anyone? No. At, any, at any time? No. Did you make a clip of the moment? I did, but I saved it I saved it in the internal system. James O'Keefe of Project Veritas went on to say later in the week that Ashley Bianco was not, in fact, the person who leaked the footage to him and that the person who did is still working inside ABC News. This week, O'Keefe came on this program and hinted that there might be another bombshell coming in the Epstein cover-up case. Why do you think I'm late? I mean, I'm always doing things. We're always... We got so much, so many things in the works, and I can't talk about any of. I can't even name the gender of the insider. I, that's why I limit my radio exposure because I might accidentally say something I shouldn't. But we have so many people coming to us now, uh, and 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 yes, Steve, the ABC News insider is still on the inside. First question on a scale of one to ten with one being as pathetic as Lindsey Graham's Tinder account and 10 being as robust as Lindsey Graham's Grinder account. How worried do you think the media really is, or at least should be, about what Project Veritas is doing here, Todd? Uh, I'm going to go with the five. I wish it was more. I think the motivations for hunting this woman down are more malicious uh, uh, than anything, I'm certain of that. I mean, I know, I know that in my bones that they just know we, we're the, 
you are not allowed to go off the reservation here. Um, and since you did, uh, we're going to get you. I mean, I've experienced that firsthand. They, they would have been fine at the register if I ended up in jail, even though I was innocent, simply because they didn't like me. So I, I'm certain of that. The level of worry, really, uh, there's just too many question marks, and it goes to what we just saw. What um, James actually uh, has, how much they care uh, over there in the first place. I mean, they are so driven by their pro progressive religiosity that they might not really be worried anymore. I mean, we, the, the, if they were really worried, would they even present the news on a daily basis as they do, knowing that it really cannot stand up to mm -hmm. even basic 101 level scrutiny? Mm -hmm. So I... I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're desperately worried, and I hope this whole thing is about to come uh, down. But they're pretty shameless over there, so I'm just I, I'm giving it a five at best. What do you think, Chris? I think Todd's exactly right. I'd rate it a little lower, like a three. Uh, they're not worried about James O'Keefe. They think James O'Keefe is a twerp. And they think Project Veritas is a twerp, and they don't think that they're worth their time. It's why Brian Stelter didn't cover the story at all, right? Uh, they are hunting uh, this whistleblower at ABC uh, to be vindictive, uh, to make sure that everybody stays in the plantation and that nobody has any outside thinking and to ensure that like everybody follows this kind of almost Stalinistic code of we are the progressive mainstream media, we are the truth tellers, we are the gatekeepers of what is and is not news. And anybody who goes outside of that is a conspiracy theorist or a fake news person and they're or a racist or a bigot and they're not worth listening to. And so that's what's going on. I, I think that's how they're. Be I think it's evident in the way that they're behaving. You know, they're isolating staffers at ABC and trying to get people to turn in each other. Uh, they're they're hunting this person down, and I I don't think it's because they're worried that they have some other incriminating evidence of their bias. I think they're pretty open about their bias in the sense that they're just shameless about it. Not that they're acknowledging it, but that the the, the way that they cover stories and the stories that they choose to cover and the stories that they don't is just so blatantly obvious. It's why most members of the American people don't trust the media anymore. And they just don't care because what they're doing is uh, they know if they can come up with a headline that drives conservatives crazy, it'll ramp up the liberal base, which gets them clicks. And they also get hate, click, hate clicks from conservatives. And that's the business model. So I don't think they're worried. I think they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. And I don't think they feel guilty about it. So I agree that I don't think that they're worried, Aaron. But, you know, the, the Germans weren't necessarily broadcasting back to Berlin yeah. the, the, allies, the allied gains at the Battle of the Bulge either, their last stand, mm -hmm. okay? Um, so let's, let's alter the question to how worried should they be? So how worried should they be? Can I alter the question even further? Sure. I'll answer that. But if you – so the question is how worried should they be about James O'Keefe – um, or people like him, this, this entire situation. Um, I, let me answer the first one. How worried are they? they it's a one because of James O'Keefe. How worried are, should they be? That's got to be like a 10. And they proved that this week. And let me explain why I think that is the case. How worried should they be? They are extremely worried about people on the inside of their organizations blowing up whatever, uh, you know, whatever uh, incrimination that might be on their hands, whatever uh, blood, if you will, might be on their hands for things like this. I brought up, and I can't remember the story we were talking about earlier this week, but I brought up the, uh, the um, 
Oh, no, it was impeachment. It was the impeachment uh, um, inquiry and how the left never, ever allows any sort of precedent to stand that they get held accountable to the same standards that they try to hold or higher standards that they try to hold others to. Mm -hmm. I think that's the same type of thing that's going on here. They are, I think they are incredibly worried about people on the inside blowing stuff like this up. Uh, on the other hand, they know that as far as their on-air personalities go, those are a dime a dozen. They can just go and get another person from uh, Los Angeles or Chicago or whatever big city, bring them up to the big leagues and get it, pay them enough to say whatever they need to say. Mm -hmm. But I think they should be worried about people on the ins, which is why ABC colluded, if you will, with CBS to get this poor Ashley Bianco fired from this job. So that's the part that they are worried about and should be worried about if they're, you know, if I'm just saying from their point of view, they should be worried about that type of stuff as well. Either one of you want to respond to what Aaron just said? I think Aaron's right. Uh, I, the, the potential here is because they are so kind of, uh, we all think they're, they're not worried yet right? Uh, the more people of good conscience who work for ABC and CBS and all these other organizations notice that behavior and notice the, the way that they're behaving and start to get fed up with it, uh, I think that is what's really going to turn the whole thing around. It's The more people see how they reacted to this ABC whistleblower is going to inspire others to go to James O'Keefe. And it's going to inspire more of these stories to get released. And you know, the more that they get exposed, I think the worse it is for the mainstream media, but the better it is for truth. Nobody suspected the stapler guy. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> well, yeah. And, it's, I'm, and I'm kind of serious about that. Yeah, <laughs> and, I hear it's, you. and it's to provoke those people. Even if James did not really have people coming to him as vigorously as he said, I'd still be on shows like this saying things Agreed. like that to make them dance, yeah. to get stapler guy to yeah. come forward. You're in a, you're in a propaganda war. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Exit question. Let's think bigger picture here and get beyond the media. Because this is, this is one of my frustrations with much of the industry I work in. I, I don't begrudge almost, almost anything that we say to, 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 uh, to, to crush on the media. I mean, it's got to be pretty extreme. Like anything short of calls for like violent reprisals, they pretty much deserve everything else. Okay. But, but I'm always concerned that what is that, what's the point of doing so? What, what's the, what do we get out of this? You know, what, what, what's the point of electing Republicans? There's people on Twitter right now, I like, friends of mine, lamenting Roger Stone is essentially going to prison. Well, other than for being Roger Stone, Roger Stone's essentially going to prison today because of the stuff Hillary Clinton, uh, James Comey cleared her for. You're right, but, but, you know, Hillary Clinton's not president today. Instead of just going on Twitter and randomly emoting, uh, Mr. President, how about you run the Justice Department? How about some uh, Justice Departmenting? Right? This is the part that I get frustrated with. It's just like we just want to bitch and moan. And then we don't want to ask the people we elect to do anything about any of this. Okay? And maybe, that's, maybe that is all we want. That's the industry. I don't know. Just a, just a, it, it's a kvetching industry, not an accomplishment industry. And if that's the case, you know, I won't last very much longer. But here's my exit question. That's my disclaimer to set up this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being as pathetic as Lindsey Graham's Tinder account, and 10 being as robust and automatic as Lindsey Graham's Grinder account, how much do you trust Attorney General Barr will get to the bottom of what truly happened to Jeffrey Epstein? Chris. I, 
maybe a five to, to be generous. And I, I think for a lot of these issues, it's like and my, my dad's always asking me, hey, you know, it, it kind of sounds like one of those OK Boomer memes. He's like, why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail? You know, uh, are any of these people ever going to face yeah. uh, yes. the consequences yep. of their actions? Right. And what I tell him is you have to think bigger than that. You know, we ha- you have to think th- in terms of eternal justice because you're not going to find justice on this earth. I think the wicked are going to get away with being wicked. Uh, some people who are righteous are going to get things that they don't deserve. It's just the way that our, our sinful fallen world works. But as Christians, we have hope that God is going to judge the righteous and the wicked, that the righteous are going to be, receive the due rewards of their righteousness. The wicked are going to receive the due punishments of their wickedness. So A.G. Barr may or may not get to the bottom of the Epstein thing, but Jeffrey Epstein's in hell. you know. So he is facing the punishment and the just rewards of what his criminal activity throughout, and his wickedness. And all the rest of them are going to face that eventually, too. Got about a minute, Todd. Your answer, go. One. One. You're at a one. Aaron? This has less to do with uh, Bill Barr but, uh, yeah. than anything else, but I'm at a negative 6.66. Yeah. Trump knows Ooh, people on that. A, that's a good answer. Even if, even if Trump's not on that list, he knows people on that list. And look at the life he's lived. I mean, he's, he's it's, that's that's it's, the problem with the elites is the mutual assured destruction yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 the issue. That's why a lot of times there's not a reckoning uh, this side of uh, this side of heaven, as Aaron or as Chris articulated. I will right, come back, and we're going to talk about two potential standard bearers both releasing books the same week and what impact each of those had and may have for the future we're gonna get to that and more as we continue with the dace group next Folks, we have a special offer for you today because we are living in a world full of the political uncertainty we were just talking about, but uh, financial deception as well, fueled by overvalued stocks and bonds, which have created massive financial bubbles worldwide with one exception, and that's gold and silver, which have held their value over history better than any other asset class on earth by far. So here's our amazing special offer to illustrate our commitment to helping you protect your financial future. Our friends over at Swiss America have agreed to virtually give you one of the most popular precious metal U.S. coins ever minted well below their cost for just $18.50 each, less than 20 bucks delivered to you while supplies last. That's right. It's exclusive offer right here to our Blaze TV radio and podcast listeners and viewers, but you must call Swiss America to take advantage of this 800-289-2646 is the number that's 1-800-289-2646 one more time to get one of the most popular u.s silver minted coins and and why is it popular not because it's pretty it's popular because of its uh, sustained roi if you want to get this for 18 dollars and 50 cents delivered to you 1-800-289-2646 Let's get back to the day's group. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, Chris Pandolfo here with us as well. Let's get to issue three. The book battle is on. Don Jr. versus Nikki Haley. 
Donald Trump Jr. and former ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley both have new books out and their media circuits have been something else. We'll start with Donald Trump Jr. who has just been dropping bombs. We've all done things that we regret. I mean, if we're talking about bringing the discourse down, Joy, you've worn blackface. Whoopi, no, you I said I'm that sorry, Roman I'm Polanski. Sorry, I'm sorry, and don't. You, if you, you said do that it, Roman Polanski. It wasn't rape, rape when he raped a child. So let's, oh, let's okay. talk about. So yeah, no, let's things. talk Come about on, this. So fair. you want to bring this up? The yeah. question came up. I did not about, go in blackface, please. No, she was not in blackface. Thank you. Nikki Haley made waves in her book with her claim that some inside the Trump administration pressured her to work against the president's agenda while she was the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. Or did you at any point feel a need to tell the president, hey, this is what these guys are doing? Well, I did tell the president. I mean, keep in mind, Sean, this is one page out of 250 pages of the book. Um, but I did tell the president and I did tell the national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, and there were others that knew of my concerns um, in the process. And let's keep in mind, I mean, what I have said is this wasn't that these guys thought this was a rogue president. This was that these guys disagreed with his policy. They disagreed with us getting out of the Paris Climate Agreement. They disagreed with us getting out of the Iran deal. They disagreed with moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So when the president was charting a different course and really giving us a strong hand for America and for our friends, they just thought that he was going in the wrong direction. And so when they sat me down that day, they were attempting to tell me that if I would work with them, they were trying to save America. Apologize for a brief bit of technical difficulties there. It's unfortunate, too, because you missed Don Jr. telling CBS News this morning that Mitt Romney was his favorite Democrat. <laughs> Finally, some content I'm here for. Yeah, apparently the uh, corporate overlords at uh, Adobe uh, didn't want you to hear that. So it, That's all right. But let's get to the first question. While Don Jr. unquestionably won this battle at the box office, right now he has the number one nonfiction book on the New York Times bestsellers list. So, and especially in recent years when the New York Times bestseller list has been, has been caught, game in the system on who, on who gets ranked there with book sales, with a, a few conservative books. So for Don Jr. to end up number one there must mean they, he must just blown the doors off of their algorithm. But hey, he won at the box office. Um, but whose uh, book slash tour PR in the long run will be more politically impactful? What Don Jr. is doing right now or Nikki Haley? Chris, I'll go to you first. So uh, can you define for me what you mean by politically impactful? I think you get to define that as the answer. Right? All right. Yeah. I so, love you do that more and more these days because you. <laughs> well, because it's, I want your answer, not my answer. You well, know what I'm saying? And, and if I okay. wanted it to be more specified, I'd specify it. No, but that's my point. I, yeah. It's harder to specify these days. Yes. That's also yeah. why. Yeah, like, because you, you listen, I just said a few, I just said in the last segment. Too much of the industry I work in is about kvetching about injustices than, than once you elect Republican right. getting them to do something about it. So if, we're, if, if it's the kvetching side of this, Don Jr. is winning this in a route. Okay? I mean, this isn't even close. Now, that doesn't mean he's not winning the substantive side of it either. But if it's just the kvetching side, this isn't a debatable point, right? right? Okay. Does that, is, does that better specify the question for you, Chris? I think so. Okay. So when you're when you're doing a book tour, there's really uh, about three or so reasons that you do a book tour, right? The first one, obviously, is to make money. You're trying to sell an idea, and you want to make money off the idea. But in, specifically in the realm of politics and media, uh, politicians release books to increase their name ID and to get on TV. 
usually in anticipation of running for office. And uh, the, the other reason for it is it just like you're, you're trying to, you're basically, it's just a self-promotional tool, right? So in terms of self-promotion, I think Donald Trump Jr. is having the bigger media hits right now than Nikki Haley. Uh, he's having all, he, he's owning the libs, right? Uh, so if you're like, this is like a real owning, by the way, I know that phrase has yeah. gotten bastardized and watered down, but this, what he has done is what the phrase is supposed to actually mean. Yes. Okay. And so, and so like, if you're the type, uh, if you're thinking about whether he has any aspirations to run for office, I'm ignorant of what he wants to do. I know he said in interviews before he's gotten bitten by the political bug. He really likes campaigning around the country. He likes riling up Republican crowds because he's more conservative than the rest of his family. He understands the language that we speak and he's mm -hmm. able to articulate those things in a way that relates to voters even in ways that his dad can't. You saw that. At the, you even saw that in Cleveland at the convention. To be yeah. fair to him, yeah. exactly. You saw that four years ago. I thought he actually gave the only, really, because Cruz gave a, 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 and I had a bit of a hand in that speech. Cruz gave a a, diff, a higher minded speech. In terms, yeah. yeah. In terms of pure conservative red meat, the only speech of that like that at the whole convention, at least in prime time, was Don Jr.'s. Yeah, I remember Rob Eno, uh, our colleague at the Blaze Media, he turned to me after that speech and he said, you know, uh, I like Donald Trump, but I would go knock on doors for Trump Jr. if he ran for president. Mm. So in that terms of impact, I think Don Jr. is winning the, like, the red meat. Uh, if you were going to break it down in different sectors of conservative media, right? Don Jr. is going to do really well with the gateway pundits of conservative media, whereas Nikki Haley is somebody who has a lot of like policy credentials, is somebody who is going to appeal to lots of our colleagues in the conservative media who liked Marco Rubio or liked some of those other candidates who were like conservative and kind of technical about it and uh, inspirational because of her background and because she's a woman and she's a minority and she's the ideal sort of Republican candidate to run for president. Now, of the two, I think Nikki Haley is more likely to run for office than, than Trump Jr. I think Trump Jr. is just kind of trying to build his own brand distinct from his father right now. I don't know what his political ambitions are. I'm pretty confident that Nikki Haley wants to run for president, uh, or at least is taking concrete steps towards that in 2024. Chris, don't now, you think, though, that Rubio wing throw in? It's one thing to, to out Rex Tillerson, who is a who, uh, you know, you've, you heard me say this on this show from the five minutes after he was nominated, the whole time, the two years he was here. One of the maybe the worst decision Trump has made in his presidency. And I said it right after his nomination was picking that guy. Okay. Um, and if he had worked in any other industry other than oil, he could have been Hillary Clinton's secretary of state. But John Kelly is someone held in very high esteem by that Rubio wing you're talking about. Her throwing name in him and outing him and throwing him under the bus. Isn't that her kind of, you know, landing on MAGA beach and burning the boat so she can't get back and go on the other side even if she wanted to? I, I can't imagine that that Rubio technocratic crowd, uh, she gained any, curried any favor with them at all doing that to John Kelly. I don't think she needs to curry favor with them. I think the favor's already built into her identity as a candidate. I think uh, going forward, she, she needs to build the credentials of the people who are skeptical of the Rubio crowd, right? And as far as like the Rubio crowd or the establishment we're talking about, I think that the John Kellys and the Rex Tillersons are more in the Reince Priebus, Jeb Bush lane than okay. they are even in the in the Marco Rubio lane, right? I, 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 again, 
the establishment is kind of this amorphous term for Republicans we don't like, right? But there are <laughs> classes, yeah. But there are classes of Republicans in different wings of the party, and so there's like the the total. I'm just here to be in power, Mitch McConnell. Do whatever it takes. It's some, if it's conservative, that's convenient for me. If it's not, I don't care. I'm just here to burn the grassroots down to get what I want. Party. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's the people who are conservative, but like aren't very courageous about it. The kind of kind of like uh, the way Mike Pence was when he was governor of Indiana. You know, Good analogy. Yeah. The, right. He yep. supported the Religious Freedom Act. And then when he, things got the heat, he got the heat. He backed away from it for political reasons. And then there's like like you're always saying, the crusaders. You know, Trump Jr. is more of a crusader for the things that he believes in. And I don't know if he's so much of a cultural conservative as we are. Uh, he, it doesn't seem at least to be to me, to be a warrior on the abortion issue or things like that. But in terms of like fighting back against the media, yeah, he's that he's on a crusade to put these people in their place. Nikki Haley isn't so much of a crusader yet. And maybe she's trying to take steps to be that way when she's calling out the deep state. She's trying to appeal to some of the voters that Trump appeals to. Um, so that's a very long-winded answer. All right, so let's question. get somebody else in here then. <laughs> because real quick, I have heard Don Jr. on the life issue talk about the the post-birth uh, post, uh, executions like his dad used that language. He, mm-hmm. But other than that, he hasn't said much at all about it that I've seen. He has been very outspoken on training madness. Yeah. He has been very outspoken about that. Todd, your thoughts. Who wins here? Haley, they they both won. Uh, Haley gets them by a nose because I don't think Don Jr. really didn't answer any new questions or concerns. I mean, he went on The View and and it was excellent at picking the low-hanging fruit. Haley, I think people are concerned to the crowd that wants uh, a, a genuine maverick. And yes, we need to take that word back from John McCain because he was not a maverick in a good sense of the word. They wanted to see. We were all surprised at how Nikki Haley, not that we didn't think she was competent, but the kind of the stones that she had uh, navigating the Trump world uh, and that UN, but people needed to see that it survived past that and it didn't default back uh, to just what you thought of her before. That Mm -hmm. needs to survive in her. And you hit on that earlier this week about the constituency she needs to bring together. I think she did that here. Okay. Aaron. Yeah. And I'm going to go with uh, Don Trump Jr. right now. But I I will say just because I think he has been more outspoken on a lot of things that a lot of people care that have a a much uh, broader appeal uh, than just the whole deep state thing, even though that has to have a broad appeal uh, in this particular instance. I will tell you, though, that as soon as Nikki Haley comes out strongly against uh, trainee madness, and I don't know if she really has yet, but if she makes that a big part or at least a regular part of her talking points in the years to come, uh, and, and why do we keep bringing this up? It's because of what I said yesterday at, at the beginning of Three Questions. We keep – there is a freaking cross-dresser, a, a drag queen that showed up to the impeachment hearings day one. The, the symbolism of that cannot be overstated. This thing is going to get blown up to uh, 12 or 13. Okay, it's going to get dialed up that long. So that's why I say that that's such a big issue. If she makes that a regular part of her talking points, then it's she's, she's going to be on really good footing. And if she eats the chicken sandwich, the proverbial chicken sandwich, which I don't think she'd have any problem doing, she's probably going to be a force to come. I'm yeah. not sure how, how much name ID she still has. I remember she did uh, during, I can't remember which year it was. Wasn't she one of the people who gave the Republican rebuttal to one of Obama's? The last uh, one. The, yeah. the very last one. So there's that in there as well. There's being going through, serving her tour of duty in the Trump administration, unscathed, coming out better on 
the other on the other side as well. I'm still not sure she has the highest name ID of all time, but she's 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 a one to watch and putting the cart way ahead of the horse as well. South Carolina is an early state. I'm just going to put it there. Well, as governor of South Carolina, she knows to eat the chicken sandwich. I, I, yeah. You don't get to be governor of South Carolina if you, don't, if you can't at least figure that part of it out. Okay. Exit question. Who's more likely to be the GOP presidential nominee one day? Donald Trump Jr. or Nikki Haley? Chris. I have to go with Nikki Haley. Okay. I, think Trump Jr., I think Trump Jr. speaks a lot to the red meat of the base, but I think uh, the Trump presidency itself has tired out so many i think a lot of people make a quick answer Trump right now yep yeah okay go haley 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 all right let's get to issue four san francisco now decriminalizing crime the newly elected district attorney for san francisco pledged recently to stop prosecuting prostitution and public urination cases chase bowden sent a response to an american civil liberties union questionnaire published in the san francisco chronicle saying quote we will not prosecute cases involving quality of life crimes crimes such as public camping offering or soliciting sex public urination blocking a sidewalk etc should not and will not be prosecuted end quote and that is on top of all the other crimes San Francisco is not criminalizing currently. Uh, but let's have some fun with this, gentlemen. If you were the DA of the community where you live, which current crime would you decriminalize and why? And it, and it can't choose tax evasion. Okay, that's that one's too easy. And we would all agree. All right. So, Aaron, you get to go first. Uh, the speed cameras on I-235. That's our big freeway here yeah. in Des Moines. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would I would decriminalize speeding. Um, on, on uh, I would just, I would just, I would criminalize traffic cameras in general. I would go the opposite direction. I if, like if it. If there's any tra- traffic cameras whatsoever, uh, those are, those are illegal and whoever puts them up should be put in jail. That's another reason why I don't go into the heart of the city because we don't have those kinds of traffic cameras yeah. out in the suburbs where we live. Yeah. That's another reason why. Todd. Uh, I say this as a non-smoker, but uh, smoking in uh, public, uh, uh, you know, private establishments, restaurants, if you want to have, uh, uh, I mean, right now we're forcing people uh, into, you know, uh, host the right kind of gay wedding in people's private establishments, but they aren't allowed to determine for themselves uh, if they own a restaurant, if they want to allow smoking or not. It, it's just preposterous police state nonsense. If, you, if that's the way you want to go, go ahead and let people decide accordingly. I did not see that one coming from you. But uh, why? Why does every single place need to be puritanized? If you want to, if you're, um, you mean like the, you mean based on the people that founded the country, the Puritans? <laughs> yeah, they they, they sucked. It's well, it and it didn't oh. all, it didn't go so well either at times. You, we wouldn't be here. With, no, you sound like Sir Robert Amari dunking on Thomas don't Jefferson. Don't Jesus juke this. We wouldn't issue. be here if it weren't for the Puritans. I'm just saying. Did the it's, Puritans it, it, smoke? Probably, yeah, 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 yeah. probably. Let's be why yeah. so the, the fact the whole gel movement right, making right. okay. Nazis out of cigarette smokers, and I'm not one. It's stupid. All right, Chris, what's yours? I would keep the liquor stores in town open past seven o'clock because uh, right now they're forced to close at seven o'clock. And sometimes I work late, and sometimes I go home and I don't have a drink, and I want to drink, and I want to go buy something, and I can't. So that's what I would change. So you're a lush. All right, let's get to predictions. All right, Aaron, go. <laughs> Todd thinks the Puritans were bad, and 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 Chris is a lush. All right, see, this is a, the, the the truth comes out. Aaron, you get to go first. Predictions. I think uh, before the end, uh, or I'm sorry, before December fifteenth, 
I believe that one of the top five in the national polls in the Democratic race will be dropping out of the race. Before December 15th. Yep. So that would be Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Pete. Is it Buttigieg or Buttigieg? Yes. Okay. Uh, Buttigieg, yeah. Buttigieg. And then who's fifth? Uh, it's, uh, I, 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 it just depends okay. on the poll, which okay. makes this a really good prediction. <laughs> yes. So another, so the truth comes out again. Hey, I just got to get one right boss, man. I mean, I, I got, I'm, I'm, hey, I, I, I need a slump buster. I, I predicted that Clemson was going to lose a game the next day. They almost lost to North Carolina. And the next day they almost lost. Yeah. All right. Where do you go? Todd, go. Yeah. Only two of the current top four in the playoff series are going to actually be there at the end. I mean, in the college football playoffs, Correct. only two of the current top four. So that's Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, or um, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU. Correct. Only two of those four. Okay. Well, I'm guessing you think Georgia won't be. You want to tell us who you think the other team isn't going to be? Uh, I don't think George, George, Georgia, but uh, I think, um, and I, I still think Clemson. Okay. They're going to find, they need to break up the kind of the monopoly okay. and it's unfair. But. All right. Chris, what do you think? Quickly go. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. will not run for president in 2024, but uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will after winning re-election in 2022, and Trump Jr. may run for governor of Florida. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. That I think that would be a, a positive chain of events, actually. My prediction is that I predict we're going to be guest hosting the Glenn Black Radio Show on December 30th and 31st, the final two days of 2019. We will see if that comes true or not. Chris, always good to see you, brother. That. What's that? Yeah, it's- yeah, I just said you seem pretty confident about that one. Oh, you never know. Just kind of spitballing around here. We'll see you later, Chris. We'll come back with some Feedback Friday. Stay tuned. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, podcast. Steve Dace here, Todders, and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. Don't forget, if you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from, we would be very grateful because the more of those we get, the more people like you we tend to find. Thank you to the thousands of you uh, that have left us one of those five-star reviews already. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. We'll get to Feedback Friday in a moment, brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain as a result of too much inflammation in your body, relief might just be one web click away. At relieffactor.com, get the three-week starter kit or quick start right now. Three-week quick start right now for only $19.95, less than 20 bucks, a dollar a day to find out if this works as well for you as it has for me. What I love about it the most 100% drug-free, even though it's an all-natural formula created by doctors who can prescribe drugs. This is medical professionals who understand that your body is a created organism, not a machine. And one of the things it was created to do, if it's given the right input, is to push back on inflammation in the body. So if you've got an illness or an injury... Make sure you get professional medical care. But if you are struggling with too much inflammation in your body, give Relief Factor a try. Find out why it's a part of my daily regimen ever since I tried it earlier this year. Give it a shot. A dollar a day, what do you have to lose to try it for three weeks except maybe, finally, hopefully, the pain. ReliefFactor.com is the website to get that quick start going. ReliefFactor.com. Gentlemen, you ready for some Feedback Friday? Always. I've got to begin 
several of you have brought this to my attention. I, I committed a major, major faux pas from a broadcasting standpoint yesterday. And when I share this with you guys, you're going to be like, how did we do this? Okay. So this is on me, ultimately. All right. Um, this is from Ryan Boyle. It says, I love your show. Never miss it. But the movie review segment from yesterday was very frustrating to listen to. Can you guys please let us know what the list of movies were that you actually reviewed? I was eventually able to figure out what movie you were talking about on most of them, but usually not until halfway through the, the discussion. All right. And I had several of you email me about this yesterday, and you're dead right. Hmm. We just forgot to name the movies on like almost every single one of them because we played the trailers. Yeah. We're looking into the camera. The the Blaze TV audience is looking in on their screen and they can see it as well. Good. Well, th there's a massive podcast audience to this show and we left you guys out in the cold. That is totally on me and my bad. Okay. Can I do some victim blaming though? I'm going to do some victim blaming. This is why you need to subscribe to the Blaze, blazetv.com slash Dace. Use nice. promo code Dace to get 10% off yes. your yeah. order. Some of you even asked me if I did this on purpose to entice you to subscribe. I wish I could claim that that was the case. It, first of all, that wouldn't be how we roll anyway, That's you know? Mean. But no, I, I just blew it, man. <laughs> so we reviewed 10 movies yesterday. Can you guys remember the titles to the 10? Obviously, we had The Last Jedi. Yes, right? I'll name them in All right, order. Go here. ahead. Right, so uh, the first movie that we reviewed, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look this up right now. Uh, the first movie that we reviewed was oh, the uh, the report. That's the movie. Uh, that was the very first movie. That was the movie about redeeming uh, the, be nicer redeeming to Muslim terrorists, terrorists for Christmas. The yes. second one was right. Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, or Ford v Ferrari. Uh, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was number three. Okay. 21 Bridges was the fourth one. Richard Jewell, the story about the uh, guy who maybe was framed. Framed, he, yes. That's definitive, yep. not in debate. Seaberg yep. uh, was the sixth movie. Bombshell, the Megyn Kelly movie, was the seventh or the eighth movie. Uh, Star Wars was the eighth movie, I'm sorry. Little Women was the ninth movie. Can't wait for that one. In 1917. The World War uh, One movie, I believe, mm -hmm. was uh, the final movie. So those were the 10 movies that Woody chose to highlight uh, as releases he's looking forward to uh, this holiday season. He did a good job. Overall, he did a good job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Amazon clearly believes their entire audience is Rachel Maddow viewers, given the two movies they've got coming out this, uh, this month, right? You mentioned uh, Muslim terrorists are, 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 are your friend. And we should be nice to them. And then what was the other one? Was um, uh, Seaberg. Seaberg. Oh, the Black Panthers are magic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Black Panthers were magical. That was the other one, right? Correct. Got some actress from Iowa. I was born here. I've lived here off never and on of a lot of my life. I've never heard of the woman. You, you haven't heard of her? Aaron, you've lived here your whole life, right? Yep. Never heard of her? Nope. Okay. Well. There you go. Let's get to the feedback elsewhere. I, my bad. Terribly sorry about what happened with that yesterday. I, I hope it won't happen again. All right, amateur mistake. Kaylee says, I'm not sure if you guys know about the TLC show, I Am Jazz. <clears throat> Pardon me. No, I don't. Uh, but Jazz, a young boy wanting to transition into a girl, received hormone blockers and a sex change before the age of 18. All of it documented on TV. 
How is this possible? I'm so frustrated that society is allowing this to happen and even parading this poor child on national television. He did not have much tissue after hormone blockers to form a vagina, and he had complications after surgery. Probably, Kaylee, the same people in... Let me backtrack for a second. About four years ago, I walk into a room and my wife is watching something on TV. And I ask her, what is this? New reality show I've never heard of. She goes, you are not going to believe this. She said, I, I couldn't believe this is on TV. And I cannot believe everybody here is not getting arrested. And I asked her what it was called. And the show was called Sister Wives. All right, about folks that are openly violating the polygamy laws and it's being televised. And, and there was actually a court case a few years ago um, where the, I think it was, I, I, don't rem, I, I don't know if they live in Utah or another state. I don't follow a lot of these shows. I don't know, okay? But whatever state they lived in, I remember writing about it or mentioning on the show at the time I don't know, maybe you remember this, Todd. Whatever state the, the sister wives guy and his wives lived in was actually going after them for violating the marriage law, the polygamy law. And then after, uh, it, was, it wasn't the first one, Windsor. It was the second one, the second marriage ruling from the court. After the second one, they then lobbied a defense based on that court precedent that said, why can you single us out with what we're doing, Right. What sense does that sure. make? Okay. And then the state ended up backing down. Uh, whether you agreed with them backing down or, or not is a separate issue. But I would agree they were rightfully afraid that this would be used as a precedent. Them continuing to go after this because, if you're, because you may not like this. I don't. But the argument is if we're going to let one of the ultimate bastardizations of the marriage law ever conceived take place right why wouldn't we let the original bastardization of the marriage law that's older than you know western civilization to happen right yeah and and so the 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 attorney general of that state was rightfully in my view afraid that this would be used as the as the next opening of the latch of pandora's box and just decided to not pursue prosecution of the sister wives uh, clan so this is not unique with an open flaunting and violation. Now, I don't know what the laws of, 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 of that particular state. I've never heard of the show. I am jazz. I don't know what the laws of the state he lives in say about your ability to be mutilated prior to the age of 18 and who can sign off on that. I don't know that, but, but let's just assume for the sake of Kaylee's email that the state that he is in doesn't permit this and it's happening anyway, and they're filming it, this wouldn't be the first time we have seen this on one of these you know, shows that are really heavy with these kinds of reality, uh, reality programming. It's been going on on the polygamy side for several years now. This happens because uh, one of the great lines uh, from uh, the Star Wars world, and it's from the prequels, it's, you know, this is how democracy ends, to thunderous applause. Within the scenario you're talking about, there's a fairly small cadre of, you know, the TV execs, 
the physicians involved, the particular family, the lawyers. I mean, there's several moving parts, but still, compared to what we see going on elsewhere, in the state of Connecticut, entire uh, crowds of people at track meet after track meet after track meet have stood there and applauded and let it happen and then went on and rewrote the record books. There are two or three boys who are now the state champions in Connecticut in any number of track girls track events. And people have just watched and signed off on it. It that's where we live now. Or How, silently consented to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's any any number of the things we see on Aaron's montage on a daily basis or things. There's there's laws on the books so you where a sheriff could walk in and say lewd and lascivious behavior and and arrest them and 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 make the point and yes of course then the legal challenges would be interesting but this would you wouldn't have to make anything up people this stuff goes down in texas we ha- what, what was the issue in Texas where we kept saying out loud, Texas, man, Texas? No, it was the boy that his, his, whose mom yes, is a physician. Course, there we go. Yes. And, and young yes. boy, was he like five or six years seven, old? Yeah. Seven. Uh, the, the young boy, his physician mother wanted to wanted to be able to mutilate, yeah. turn into a girl. Same thing. So I, it's we, And the reason I can't remember that, it's obvious when you say it, is because issue, day after day after day, we have, it's what Aaron said, transgender madness is in our face around every corner. It's... It, of, of course it's going to happen now, and it happens ultimately because we acquiesce. Yeah, as we speak right now, and I have, I have, I don't, I don't like people on, I, I generally don't like interacting with people on Twitter who don't use their, their, their real name and their bio, I, but I'm starting to understand it a little bit more, because the flip side of that are the people who are so afraid of the small minority who will fire you from your job if you tow one step out of line on social media with what the uh, outrage and cancel mob want to do for you. And that's the reason I think some people don't use their real names is because they want to they want to say their opinion and they want to let people who are on platforms like this know what they are thinking out there um, as, as well. Without actually having to, you know, uh, forfeit their livelihood. So I understand that to some degree. And the reason why I've been understanding that even more recently is because my roommate right now, and I've brought this up multiple times, and it, it's it's really interesting since the last year and a half that he's been going to Simpson College here in Iowa, liberal, liberal, small, um, small school here in Iowa. It seems like the progression of the bat crap crazy stuff that he has to put up with is, is a one-to-one ratio with the stuff that we talk about on this show every day. As we're speaking right now, he's attending something called a Trans Education Summit at the Iowa Event Center. He he sent me a video about uh, he sent me a video of the bathrooms, and in front of the actual placard that says "Men's Room" is a sign that says "Gender Neutral Bathroom." Showed me a picture of pins uh, with all the pronouns that they're supposed to use, and just this in in this is mandatory for him. He wants to teach PE someday. But he has to jump through all these hoops. He has to tow the he has to tow the progressive line as well. And again, it is a combination of going back to the original email again. It's a combination of cowardice from people who know better. And two shows like that wouldn't be on the air 
if executives didn't think that there was some market or they could be making some money off of mm-hmm. it as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one is more disturbing, but there are two sides to this. It's, it's the people who won't speak up and it's the people who are uh, who, who, th- who consume this type of stuff and really don't don't care about it. I I think we're unfortunately at a place with this stuff because we're and what Aaron's articulating and what Todd mentioned it's it's one of one of the things you've heard me say a lot over the years we are not a nation of laws and we never have been we are a nation of political will and we always will be all right political you want to know what nations of laws nations of laws are often tyrannical usually they're oligarchies or monarchies, and you better hope the monarch and the oligarchs are benevolent, all right? Because they get to make all the laws. Self-governing cultures such as ours are always going to be, are always going to be a nation of political will. Like the story we had about San Francisco in our, uh, in, in, um, in our round table. They haven't changed any laws. It is still a crime to, to solicit prostitution in San Francisco. What does decriminalize mean? A district attorney cannot change any laws, folks. Can't change any laws. He's just going to effectively nullify them is what he's going to do. He's just not going to, he's not going to uphold them. That's what it means. The, the city council of San Francisco hasn't legalized prostitution within city limits. California assembly hasn't done that either. He's just going to nullify it. That's, what, that's, that's what's going to happen. That's what I mean by a nation of, of political will. And, and, and by the way, I don't, I'm not against that process. What I'm against is how you choose to exercise it. For example, should a state legislature decide that we're just not going to honor the Second Amendment here? If you are the sheriff in your county, you should not honor that. You should say, no, I'm not, I'm not going around and rounding up people's guns. I'm not doing that. I'm not not doing it right that's we're, we're supposed to be a nation of political will that's the point of all this that's why the constitution doesn't begin with this the law but it begins with we the people in order to form a more perfect union the will of the people trumps the constitution and right now we have no we have no we've will. lost our will or the will is all one-sided and, and so because of that, we're heading to a place, you know, we've talked before that when we, I think we even just had this conversation last week, when you have a two-party system and one of the parties at a macro level is either not interested or willing to offer you a platform to, to contest for your values while the other side is willing to go to the extent of a laughable sham impeachment in order to do that for their supporters. Eventually, people will get to the point, I don't want it to come to this, but that's just human nature. Eventually, if you are denied peaceable ways in order to defend your values, you will eventually seek non-peaceable ways to do so when you believe that you have reached the juncture that's your only alternative. That's human history. There's another sad fact of human history, too, that I also am not in favor of. Because, you know, I represent a worldview we call people out of darkness. We're here to set captives free. 
Unfortunately, we are rapidly reaching a place as a culture where because of the same dynamic we just talked about, the, the, the lack of will to say no and stand up to this stuff. That eventually, I don't, I don't know, you know, we, I, we still fight. I mean, we worship a Lord who left 99 behind to find the one lost sheep, right? So even though macro, the will may not be there, that young boy in Texas, Todd talked about a few minutes ago, would be getting mutilated maybe as we speak had we not stood up and spoken up, right? So Correct. we don't we don't do evil so that good may come. We fight this until the last. We push back on it to the last till they've deplatformed us all, censored us all. You know, then we stand out in streets and yell. We we fight until the end. That's our charge. To the end of the age, Jesus said. That's the charge. That's the mission. But effectively, what it could mean for us as a culture on a big picture level is people just may not find the will to push back on this until they are visibly and fully confronted with the evil. That's kind of what you were talking about, you know, when, we, when I brought up yesterday. Could you imagine the, what would happen, what leftists would do if Trump was out there replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's in the hospital as we speak, if he was out there replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg while they're trying to impeach him, and your answer was, you know, I'm not, we're not rooting for anyone to pass away here, but maybe that's the kind of spectacle the country needs to see. They need to see who these nutbags really are, right? Yes. In their full glory, because it will not be hidden in that, in that environment. No, they, they, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is their Moses, man. She's their deliverer. And, and there may just need to be some grandparents who can't stop their grandchild from getting mutilated. And, and you know, I, I, I wish that, I hate that, by the way. I hate that. I, I'm, I'm in here to conserve things for the purpose of that evil not happening to others. That's that's why we're trying to conserve this stuff so that it doesn't come to this. But ultimately, if if they don't want to listen, then you know the only consequences that can therefore be left when folks have been given over to their own depraved minds is this is where you learn the wages of sin is death. And I used to say this to my worldview students that I taught. You know, the scripture doesn't say the penalty for sin is death doesn't say the verdict or the sentence for sin is death. It says the wages for sin is death. Like my, my students would come to me sometimes and say, why did, I, why did you give me an 84 on this test? I thought I did better. And I would tell them, I didn't give you anything. Did I, answer the, did I give you the answers? Did I, did I take your test? Who took the test? You did. So I didn't give you anything. You earned this grade. This is the grade you earned. I gave you the test. You, gave, you put in the answers. I graded the test based on your answers. It's the grade you earned. If you don't like it, earn a better grade next time. This is what it means. This is the similarly, this is what it means for the wages of sin is death. What is a wage, gentlemen? Something bestowed upon you? What is a wage? Something you earned. You earned it. You earned that puppy. And Jesus said the worker is worth his hire. You earned it. You signed up for this. You volunteered for it. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will always reap what he sows. What's the laws of reaping and sowing mean? What you earned. 
What you put into the ground is what will come out. What you earned. What you did. What you did. What you did. What you did. And I, I, I think we are, if we're not there, we are rapidly approaching a Romans 1 period in our culture where they're just not going to listen to warnings. And they're just going to have to, and that's, and that's going to be sad. And there's going to be tragedies. And, it, and the human toll there, you know, this is where we, the church, are there to pick those people up when that happens, to, off, to try to show them the path back into the light. But we can't make people listen. We can't make them listen. We can try to get them to listen, and we don't ever give up trying. I want to make that abundantly clear. We don't ever do that. Even at, even at my bottom, my darkest moment, Jesus knew in advance that I was going to engage in that, and he died for me anyway. All right? So we love because he first loved us. I don't ever stop trying. But we also know that there comes a moment where they stop listening. And, and we may be approaching that moment. Heart, Pharaoh's heart may be hardened, Todd. I don't think we're approaching it. I think we're there. We might be. That's a sad time. Yeah. But we might be. We might be. Todd Saffel asks, why is gay conversion therapy homophobic, but gender conversion therapy is brave acceptance of your true self? I just answered this. That's why I, sh- I waited to get to your email until... I had this little monologue because we're not a nation of laws and we never have been. We are a nation of political will and we always will be. And the political will is with mutilating yourself and mutilating your own children. And that's where the political will is. And will can and should be attached to reason, but obviously it doesn't have to be. And this is a perfect case in point. Did you want to add anything to that, Aaron? Yeah, this there's not a whole lot more, um, I don't think, to say about this particular issue. I, I would echo what Todd said towards the end there, that, that we are there. Because when you're in the muck and the mire and you just listen to the show every day or, um, or you do this show every day like we do, it's really easy, even, even from day to day, week to week. You know, we say that every week with uh, bleep Democrats, say, montage. It's really, really easy to lose grasp of kind of the bigger picture, uh, zoom out and see the last fifteen to twenty years, because guys, we're 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 talking about things. We're talking about things. Maybe you, you tell me. Maybe I was just a little bit more young and impressionable and innocent ten to fifteen years ago. I'm sure I was, but even when I was coming of age, I could have never fathomed us talking about this. Yes, and and I would not have. Pred- I, I would not. That, I mean, I I warned. That, about I warned we would go here on the surface level, but I didn't think we would we would succumb to the subhuman level with it. I, I, I never I never envisioned in my career would turn out talking about a physician mother who wants to mutilate yeah. her her five year old son. I never would have in, and this had to be decided by a jury whether this was okay. And she's out practicing medicine this morning and not. In a prison cell, I would have never envisioned that I would be talking about this as a story when I started this 12 years ago. 
I totally agree. And actually, I had going through my head as we were discussing this uh, in the in the Avengers series at the beginning. N- Natasha Romanoff. I mean, no easy life. I mean, the, the, you know, a, a Russian child spy trained to be an assassin, a sterilized. We learned that throughout the movie. But you know, there was like a a pain threshold within like a a known universe by the end of that thing the snap happened and she's in there i live in a universe i get emails from raccoons that's where we live now the snap yeah it's a great analogy the the snap ladies and gentlemen now i know why i laughed so nervously the first time i saw that that i heard that line in the theater that's my life right now this everybody need the snap happened in real life it did get clear about that and it's happened before in human history and we've, you know, steered course, changed, created this new nation. But here, here in this nation, it has had, it has definitely happened. Be sure of it. Yeah, and, and uh, one more thing. I don't want to belabor this too long, but you know, um, if if we're at, what, what's the old adage that we use all the time? If you're not sure, the answer is usually no. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I've operative word usually. We are wondering, I think, more often and more with more frequency if we are under uh, the judgment of God right now. And I think we're probably in the in the exception to that. We still have amazing wealth. We still have amazing abundance. But if the Egyptians had any self awareness at all, um, they might have said uh, when the first plague came. Uh, is this judgment? Well, yes. But can it get worse? Yes. I mean, God was moving during the first plague, during the fifth plague, during the sixth plague. You get what I'm saying. Mm. Yes, and it can get worse, but that doesn't mean that uh, that things are uh, necessarily, uh, in terms of a material level, bleak. So there's there's that as well. Todd, I think the analogy you just drew, I think you just blew my mind. And I'm I'm dead serious, man. The that the snap occurred. We are living post snap, and we get we get emails now from raccoons. Yeah, I. I it's true. I you know, it's not an analogy. It's when, a documentary. When, when, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've talked before about when we were on the front lines of the marriage fight here in Iowa, and I would talk about what you guys are really doing is denying gender, and they would be adamant. No, 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 no. It's not true. That's a slippery slope argument. And I would I would take their argument to what I envisioned was 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 an absurd but maybe attainable slippery slope, and they would vehemently deny it. And we are so way past what I thought was yeah. an absurd and attainable slippery slope. I am discussing things I would when I started. It was thirteen years ago when I started doing this full time. I would have never envisioned I I would be having these conversations on a daily basis. I, I wow. I mean, like, wow. That's it's Friday. I did my best. That's your day. He did bring it again, but no, but that's post snap that survived. Yeah, I can still have my Fridays. Wow, it's a good thing we have a break because I can't come up with anything really smart to say right now. I'm gonna need a few minutes to gather myself after the observation that you just made. We'll come back, get to more of your feedback Friday here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast next. <laughs> Thank you.
If you're thinking of getting involved in the real estate market to take advantage of those last few days before the desolation of winter and maybe a market slowdown, uh, good timing. Mortgage rates continue to be at record lows. The economy continues to do well. Just make sure before you do that, though, you have a real estate agent that you can trust, someone whose track record of success has been fully vetted, someone whose knowledge of marketing and the market that you want to buy and or sell in has been fully vetted, and someone whose practice and understanding of professional courtesy has been fully vetted as well. Very relational process between you and your agent. If they are able to build a rapport with you, it makes it far more likely it's going to end up being rewarding for both of you. All right. And what sets realestateagentsitrust.com apart from other referral services you'll go to is those are often about helping clients or finding agents or helping agents find clients as I learn English as a third language. All right. Sorry, I just had a Joe Biden moment. Uh, here at realestateagentsitrust.com, however, it's really about finding an, an agent worthy of having you for a client. So if you want to be uh, found to have an agent worthy of having you for a client, someone that has been found to check all three of the boxes I just mentioned, go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Forgive me, I'm a little flummoxed because we were talking about this during the break. Do you guys remember? Let's, in fact, let's just kind of have a repeat of the conversation because I think our audience needs to hear this. Right? Do you remember Justin Amash had to leave the Republican Party because the Mueller report he thought detailed clear definitions of high crimes and misdemeanors and abuses of power? Right? Yes. And and then he even came out with a Twitter thread laying out specifics from the report that he thought met that threshold. And we went through each and every one of those here on the show. And in our opinion, collectively, I think we kind of had the same collective opinion, if I recall. You know what? You're right. I'll just go with my own opinion. No, we did. did we, we did. Okay. It was more or less. Yeah. Okay. We, we all more or less thought that, that his, the, the most troublesome thing that Amash articulated was the allegation that the president directed someone to, to be dishonest or lie to Congress. I think, in general, just take away the names. In general, are you comfortable with the president directing his underlings to lie to Congress? In yeah, general. That's what I no. remember. Yeah. yeah. And so we said, I think I even said at the time, if I was in Justin's office, I would tell him, don't come out with 20 tweets. Pick the strongest one that you think makes your point and stick with it. And that, to me, when the two of you agreed, that was his strongest one. Mm-hmm especially in light of Roger Stone being found guilty of, by a jury today of seven counts of, 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 or seven counts that largely stem from what? Lying to Congress, investigators, et cetera. Doesn't that seem like war and peace compared to what we're doing today? Like literally nothing Amash brought up. That was, that, that was his can't even moment. He had to leave Team GOP. I certainly don't begrudge anybody for leaving Team GOP. I left many, many moons ago. That just, that just seemed like a weird flex, bro. All right? That just, <laughs> that just that seemed like a weird flex, but okay. Um, they didn't pursue any of the stuff Amash brought up. None of it. None of it. And today's testimony is an Obama bureaucrat crying over a Trump tweet. That's today's, who now teaches at Georgetown, 
didn't hear the call, wasn't on the call, doesn't actually have any specific duties at the State Department. Well, we added on good authority yesterday that hearsay is better than actual evidence. Right. So, right, and this is this is this is their narrative. Is this? If you're Justin Amash, what are you thinking right now? Probably. What are you thinking? Are you, are you thinking maybe I chose the wrong hill to die on here? I don't think he's thinking that. then I don't think he's thinking at all. What a waste. One of the best members of Congress I, we had, I, I said it for years. I have, I have some fundamental disagreements with Justin, by the way, because he's a hardcore libertarian. I am not. But I know the district he represents. I grew up there in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My wife and I still have family there now. So I know that district very well. Um, and I had a lot of respect for him and still do as a public servant. But this was a massive political miscalculation. And don't give me he made a statement of principle at all. This is, this is not a, you know, somebody asked us yesterday, um, when do we know it's God's will or it's just not an act of individual courage, right? We had, didn't we get a question along those lines yesterday? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is an example of it. This, maybe it's really courageous as an individual construct to go out there and, and violate the two-party uh, you know, duopoly and all that other stuff. But in terms of, is this this is this the carpe diem? Is this the moment to seize? That's a resounding hell no. This this was a massive political miscalculation, and a and a waste of a once promising political career. We it, even though I had fundamental disagreements with him, we need more public servants like Justin Amash, not less more willing to buck the trend, more willing to be transparent about their motivations, more of that. But this is another person that let Donald Trump turn him into, make him stupid, in my view. That's just my opinion. And based on everything I think we believe Justin Amash actually stands for, there's no guarantee you can wield Donald Trump in any way, but it has been proven that if you just get him nudged in the right direction, and in order to just nuke aspects of the swamp, the deep state, they're the same thing. Isn't that something Amash could have tried to get Donald Trump to do on his behalf? I mean, he isn't he the most anti-swamp, anti-deep state? You think if there was anybody that yes. on a whim would just get rid of the surveillance yes. state? Wouldn't it just be, especially after what they did to him in yeah. his campaign, right? Yeah. That, that, that's what led to the, the planting of the Russian collusion hoax to begin with. Right. Was the, was the surveillance of his campaign, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's the whole, this, this whole thing was a waste, a complete and total waste of, of political opportunity and talent. Do you think that Justin Mosh typifies – oh, I just pulled that one, pulled, pulled that uh, word out. Do you think he typifies – a certain faction of the Never Trump. There's the Never Trump orange man bad cultists. Right, right. And then there's the Never Trump who really just have so many concerns about his his uh, his character. Which Trump never ceases to cement Which, for you. Exactly. At every, whenever, at, at, even, at, it, even at times he doesn't have to. He goes out of his way to do it. That yeah. they, that they, that it, and I don't want to say this because if, if your conscience is pricked by, by that, then you should follow your conscience. 
But does it blind them to the fact that if you get into politics, you're inevitably going to get your hands yep. dirty? Yes. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, folks, you can't go into any mission field without getting your hands dirty. You, you, you cannot. I mean, I, I don't, I don't care if you're working at a, at a, an Ebola youth AIDS ward, you know, in Kenya, or if you are serving in Congress or a legislature. Now let's define getting your hands dirty. That doesn't mean being shady. It doesn't mean being dirty. Being dirty, yeah. But there's no way you're going to always be able to align. You know, if, if, you're, if you go into some village in Kenya, racked with Ebola and kids with AIDS, congenital HIV born with it, you're probably not going to be able to get the supplies to those kids that you're, that you're there to minister to unless you're willing to do business with some really terrible people that, that essentially are, are, are running the jungle over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doesn't mean you go on murder and rape raids with them. That's not what it means. But what it means is you're in between their rape raids, which you're going to probably have to pay a few of them off. Otherwise, those supplies aren't getting to those kids. That's the reality of the fallen world in which we live. That's what you're referring to, Aaron, right? Something yes. like that? Yeah. Yes. And I think, I, interestingly enough, Amash is infected by the same thing progressives are and Democrats in general. Is that they, they, he still could never make peace with the fact that a guy like Donald Trump won. I think, and I, I will marvel, I've said this on the show before, uh, is one of the most amazing things I saw in this show. The day after we did this show, I had no idea. After the election, the first show we did, I had no idea. You didn't discuss it with us. And you just said on air, he's the president now. I forget. So never Trump is done. And your ability to do that, both personally and professionally, has paid as hard, frustrating, however you want to quantify what every day has been since then, you know, in terms of you, I could have been a lot richer the way you frame it many other times, but your level of peace of mind that you bought for yourself in reality, that clearly Justin Mosh can't clearly Democrats and progressive, they just, they, I, I mean, how many times do we have to remind him, man? Weird, Donald Trump's actually president. You still have those surreal moments, but for the most part, we've, it's it's real to us. We, we forced I, I, yeah, ourselves I, to acknowledge it. There's there's Boromir thinking that he can wield the yeah. ring to his will, and then there's the centaurs from Harry Potter and the Forbidden Forest who are just so far divorced, and they they think they're so far above and high minded, and don't want to get their hands dirty with right. anything of the outside world. Right. They're, they're two, the Anabaptist of the yes. Harry Potter world. Yeah. Um, let me. I don't know Justin's background at all, so I'm just going to speak for me. And so when I say this, it's not meant to, to be a, a conviction of him or anybody else. I'm just, I'm just applying this to my own story. I, I always kind of smile when you bring this up, Todd, because it really wasn't that difficult for me. And, and the reason why is because I'm a kid born to a 15-year-old mom. I, ate, we, I was on government cheese. We were on ADC food stamps. I remember hiding from friends in school, not just bruises from Dave, but that I was on reduced lunch. Right? You know, and then we had a then we had the Reagan economic boom and Dave was a master at construction and ended up we ended up suddenly now he could make good money, but that required we had to move a lot. Florida, California, you know, where the construction market was booming. I went to 11 or 12 different high different schools K through 12. 
there, I, I bring all this stuff up because I have my issues. We all do. But I think you guys can say this working with me closely these last these last five years. I really don't believe I am better than the audience I represent. I just don't. I'm going home to the same house in Iowa I have lived in since 2006. Aaron, you've been there. It's a nice house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's probably, do you think it's probably though the least nice house of anybody who has a platform of my magnitude that you could probably imagine though, right? It, it looks like a house owned by a guy named Steve from the suburbs. Yeah. It's just a regular nice house. That's It's a regular nice house. My car is a 2014 Ford Edge I bought used three years ago. I, I'm just, you know, when I get done here, this is my day. I'm I'm doing our biweekly grocery shopping with grocery shopping, grocery shopping, grocery shopping at Walmart with my wife. We, I'll pick her up when I go. I'll leave here. I'll go pick her up. Um, we'll do that. I'll while I'm there, I'm going to buy uh, Jedi Fallen Order, so no and I can play some of that this weekend. We'll have family movie night. Tomorrow I'll get up, get my 300 squat workout in, and watch football all day. I mean, does does that sound like someone with a major show platform and on a big net? That just sounds like a regular guy named Steve that lives in a lot of neighborhoods around the country, right? Yeah. So I don't do the jet set thing. I I don't, you know, um, I didn't get a lot of speaking engagements to begin with, but they've really dried up post-Trump because I don't really fit neatly in either of your camps, you know, and, and. And then you can, and there's other people that are just like me, but they're bigger names. So why wouldn't you get them? I mean, for example, if you're, I'm booking a speaking engagement, Glenn Becker, Steve Dace, Todd, who are you hiring? Does my paycheck depend on this? No, you can be okay. honest. You're hiring who? Uh, Glenn Beck. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's going to bring in a uh, hundred thousand times more people, right? That's just, that's, that's the reality of it. So I'm, I just live a regular life except for this job, except for this job. Everything else in my life is very typical of a guy my age. Very typical. And I'm not in I'm not I'm I'm not on cable news all the time. I'm not at the Capitol all the time. I'm not surrounded by people who think that they're better than than you all the time. And and so it was very easy for me to come in here the day after the election. In fact, it, it was really the only option I had, which is because really, because here I didn't look at it. As I need my reservations about Donald Trump confirmed for my ego. Or I need to punish you because you were you didn't listen to me. I, we didn't even do that during the campaign. When people were right, we said they were right. When they were wrong, we said they were wrong. But I want, I want what's best for my country. I want what's best for my kids and the future. It doesn't benefit me on any level whatsoever if Donald Trump fails as a president. I don't get anything from that. Nothing. Nothing. Well, that's I don't all, benefit whatsoever from it. That's also true. Forget if it's stupid to pretend Barack Obama didn't win two presidencies when they Correct. happened as well. You need to deal with the reality yes. you're presented with. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think what gets difficult for people when they don't live in a place like Iowa and they spend most of their play, time in a place like Washington, D.C. And I'll just tell you from my own experience, I know a lot of the people we're talking about. Or I shouldn't say a lot. I know more of the people we're talking about than the average person does because of my job. Okay. And I can just tell you, bad company, it's a proverb says, bad company corrupts good character. It is, it is hard to continue to sample 
a zeitgeist in a water table and not eventually have it, you know, uh, take root in your own ecosystem. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the reality of it, you know? And, and, you know, it's why Mike Pence doesn't meet alone with women. He's not saying he's better than you. He's admitting he's not. <laughs> right? He's admitting to you, I'm not that good. I know I cannot be trusted. And so I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to put myself in a position to tempt fate. And and by having stayed here, or even, you know, most of the Blaze folks are down in Dallas. That is still, that's a big city, but it's still way away from where most of this, you know, uh, the, the, most of the echo chamber resides. It does help to just maintain a little bit more sober-mindedness and be reminded that you're not better than the people you serve. It doesn't mean I always think you folks are right. When I don't agree with the majority of your, uh, I'll say so, that will never change. And then I know you will let me know in return. That will never change too, and I hope it does not. But it really wasn't, I didn't like white-knuckle this decision. It was like, a, the reason why I didn't like talk to you guys about it or anything because it was the most obvious only choice to make. I'm not better than my audience. I don't see how it benefits my career, let alone my country, my kid's future, for Donald Trump to fail as a president. Not to mention, if you finally do get somebody unconventional elected and he blows and he blows it, you were going to get stuck with milk toast the rest of our lives, right? So it wasn't. It really wasn't hard for me to navigate that. Now, if you're troubled. By what Steve said at all. And you need an alternative. Just go watch uh, Jeff Sessions' latest uh, commercial to be a senator again, where uh, the thing that uh, he just totally forgets about how it was hurtful. And he says, I was the first guy on the Trump train. I mean, he turned cuck up to like 20. So if if, if that isn't good enough for you, Jeff Sessions has the medicine you're looking for. I I, I haven't plucked up the courage to watch that yet. I I haven't seen it. This is the first I've heard about it. And... I could have predicted it in five seconds. He, he is his greatest fear is that uh, Trump will come over the top rope and dunk on him. Right? He, he races to the front of the line and the commercial says, "I love Trump first. That's basically what happened. Yeah, just, a seventy-something-year-old man did that. It's very hurtful. <laughs> it's kind of hurtful. <laughs> <sighs> the snap happened. I'm telling you. I'm not saying most of this stuff is fake. Yes, I am. Yeah. In fact, that's that's pretty much exactly what we're saying. We're going to stick around uh, and uh, do a little overtime for those of you that are Blaze TV subscribers. Since it's Friday, it will be our best and worst of the week. And if you are not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash days is how you can become one at a reduced discounted subscription. Go there right now. For the rest of you, we're going to tape it for you. Then it'll be up there here uh, shortly. Uh, And uh, for all of you, have a great weekend. And we will see you again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.